Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week, this isn't this is a new place. We haven't recorded here before. Yeah, we have. We have. Yeah. Yeah, you recorded next to me in my living room. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there you go. Well, we're before, I think we're, before we did the last episode, we recorded before we you went to Argentina here. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Because yeah. your your TV was going. We <laughs> saw the French national team practicing. We saw the Argentinian national that's team. That's right. Practicing. Yeah. And it was just on a full repeat. Yep, that's right. Uh, so Maybe. yeah, yeah, we're actually yeah, we're we're live or not live. We're sitting right next to each other. Maybe uh, this. this summer you can come record uh, poolside. All right. I mean, that's I'm I'm we'll come I'm, down to my hood and record poolside. Sure, we can do that. I'm okay with that. We can we can arrange that. There you go. Um. All right. So <clears throat> today, two interviews. Two interviews today. Dose. Um, making our 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 recording part a little bit shorter, which I'm okay with. Yeah, uh, man, we just have some breaking news. What? What are the break? What's the breaking news? God Sports down, and the whole youth soccer world is God Sport is down. <laughs> so let's yeah, let's quickly brief, briefly touch on the fact that like, let's so, give the people what they want. So as of as of today, uh, February seventeenth, twenty twenty three, uh, God Sport, which is one of the, if not the largest, um, not necessarily the registration aspect of it, but it is really large. Place from a tournament registration, one of the largest tournament registration systems in the United States. Um, so it is currently down, um, and it's been down for over twenty four hours. <clears throat> over twenty four hours at this point, um, and it is going into a holiday weekend. <laughs> I'm assuming it's probably not the best weekend. Best. Yeah, and the hardest part is that, like, yeah, I don't even know. I guess God Soccer, which is related to God Sport is is up um i haven't tried to log into it but uh it's, i'm assuming it would be because it's a different system um, i mean the hard part is if your coach didn't download that tournament or put that tournament schedule on uh team snap then uh yeah you have no way of, you have no way of knowing where you're going to play this actually weekend. no you do you do i'm gonna give i'm gonna give everybody i'm gonna give everybody access. the the backdoor way as long as your your tournament is in is on God Sports, God Sport tournament. There is one way that you can do it. Am I the, uh, am I the top U18 team in Delaware? Apparently so. There we go. Look <laughs> at that. There you go. Coach of the year. Um, there is a way. Oh, no, no never mind. Never no, mind. It's no. not working. It's not working. Never mind. Uh, I was gonna say you can go to God Soccer. I mean, I wonder if you look and, up the. You can go to see if you look go through events and look at the rankings. Um, and number uh, one team in the state, boys. And um, you it. can see upcoming games, but I guess that part is down. Got to call my mom and tell her I made it. <laughs> you made it. Number one team in the state. Um, no, none of these are going to be up because all of mm-hmm. these are. Got to go find, find the tournament I'm playing in. Yeah, but none of these are going to be up, man, because all of these are like the the website for it is going to be. It's through. It's through God Sport, or oh, unless you're in the old legacy work. system. If you're in the Western Cup, yeah. Apparently, you're in the copy. Oh no! Oh no! No! Why is there two of them? That's weird. I don't know. Um, it's a Florida thing. Yeah, it's a Florida but yeah. Thing. So, um, if you're trying to register, yeah, nope. there it is. If you're trying to, you know, register for stuff or check your yeah your stuff, there's dance tournament right there. Yeah, national cup. Either, either. Hopefully, either, it's on your team's name. Either the recreational programs that Dwayne and I run, you currently cannot register. At for the it. moment, you cannot register. You can still, you'll be able to participate in it. You just, at, as of as of today, you won't be able to register. Which, 
you know, just a little bit of a delay while it got support yeah. sorts out of their server issues. Can't even email you and tell you anything. Yeah, they can't. That's the, the hardest dark. part, right? Like, dark. can't can't really communicate with anything. Oh man, futsal schedules out. Can't see it. So, oh yeah. So I didn't even put my futsal schedule on Team Snap. And parent asked me what time. Did we're you download like a copy of it? Oh, I have a copy that I sent to Kyle Razowitz, but oh well, it's a lot of sifting. But you don't have. Saying. But you don't have. You don't have everybody's contact information to be able to email them. I can find your contact information. <laughs> um but if you didn't download your schedule i mean it's on you baby yeah you're 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 down for a little bit um all right so two interviews uh we're gonna go back to back interviews uh back to back interviews um so first interview uh laura youngson uh fantastic entrepreneur uh co-founder of ida sports co-founder of equal playing field um just a really really cool person that is um taking it upon herself to try to lead uh change the world change literally. the world yeah let's look at it from that yeah just, literally yeah just change the world um one more record at a time there you go one guinness at a time yeah um and then the second interview uh it's gonna be sly yates uh director of coaching at meta sports in utah utah um cool name by the way meta sports yeah no sly Yates. oh sly Yates, yeah yeah like shout out to her parents did a fantastic job shout out shout out to the fact that sly just just with that name <laughs> you look at your ball out right like you can you can play yeah yeah well you gotta be able to play you gotta be able to play with that name, you got yeah. a cool name like that you gotta play yeah you gotta play. um so yeah we'll we'll go back to back uh with those interviews um Dwayne, how many war records do you hold I mean, it depends on who's counting. Guinness. <laughs> uh, no, zero. All right. Um, have you ever played soccer in one of the highest mountains in the world? No. You ever played soccer below sea level? I honestly don't know the answer either to those questions, but I'm assuming not. <laughs> well, our guest has done all of those things and holds not only one, not only two, not even three, four world records. Uh, so our guest today is Laura Youngson. She is the co-founder of Ida Sports, the co-founder of Equal Playing Field. Uh, Laura, how are you? Cheers. Yeah, really good. That's such a fun introduction. Uh, thank you so much for having me. We're, we're super excited to have you on. Um, so let's, let's start talking about, let's talk about the first thing we, uh, I, I threw at Duane, which was the, the world records, uh, because I think that kind of leads us into Equal Playing Field and Ida Sports. So um let's talk about your first world record yeah well that was pretty cool so um I don't know like whether you guys have ever thought about doing some crazy adventures but I was just I guess kind of regular person just sat at home watching tv and thinking like oh man we're gonna do something about women's sport because I see it I see the potential but it's really not getting the coverage that uh I think it deserves and I was like you know what would be super cool maybe we can go like set a world record and that would like be like eye-catching and maybe we'll generate some publicity and from there it kind of snowballed and ended up taking two teams of women female referees uh to the top of Kilimanjaro and we played 90 minutes of soccer at the top it's kind of slow and painful uh <laughs> and and got a world record which was incredible that's that's amazing um 
what kind of preparation did you have to do for it going into it? Because I'm assuming it's not just like, oh, I ran a couple of miles here and there and then up, up, the, up the mountain we go. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, a lot of it is like physical preparation. So we made sure that everyone played soccer at least like once or twice a week, had enough like of that general fitness. But a lot of it was actually mental. So how do you like you have to go kind of slowly to acclimatize the altitude sickness. So how do you just keep going and push through that tiredness and kind of prepare prepare mentally for the the challenge that you're going to take on? Because once you have that base level of fitness, then kind of it's in the lap of the mountain, like whether you're going to make it or not. Um, so it was really about that uh, kind of mental resilience. Eh? And that's really hard to train for. Um other than doing kind of crazy adventures and and succeeding and did did equal playing field start before before you went on the mountain or is it did we come after or was it like kind of at the same time yeah it was kind of the same time we were looking for a catchy catchy name for um what we were going to do and we some one of our kind of filmmakers came up with it and was like ah equal playing field and we're like yeah that really works for what we're trying to do just kind of show that women can do anything um so that we can um achieve these these feats and we're always been told no you can't do that or you can't do this and actually just kind of pushing through those barriers um and being great role models for girls and boys who are, are looking at kind of oh wow yeah maybe i can do something kind of cool and adventurous as well and i think it's it's really interesting because it i don't know that we we didn't plan this out obviously this way but it worked out that yesterday um so the she believes cup is, is going on right now um and 100%. yesterday and yesterday, USA played Canada. Um, yeah. And Canada, the women's program going on through their um, their strike, and now they're playing on their protest in the She Believes Cup. Um, and yesterday, they came out with the shirts that says that said "Enough is enough." Um, and then they did they did kind of a moment where the USA players and the US the Canada players all in the center circle um, intermixed each other, and then they they had a moment there. And it's interesting because I feel like we watched the women's Euros last year um, in England, and you were you were you were part of that because you had the um, the Equality Summit there, and we'll talk about yep. that in a second. Um, but I feel like it's like it's almost it feels like well we 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 got better, and then this happens, and we're like oh, we we're still this still not enough, right? Yeah, I know. And it, and sometimes you feel like, oh, yeah, the work is done and we can all kind of chill out. And then a 10 year old girl is going to have this experience where she she doesn't see any of this. And then you're like, oh, no, wait, I like you say we just step backwards a bit or there's some some kind of um, improvements that I feel are kind of no brainers, like paying your national teams the same or like providing the same support or things that don't cost financially that then because that's always used as an argument like okay women don't generate as much revenue but we know u.s women's national team that's not true so then why why are we still having this conversation in 23 why have we not moved on because i think like to your point there's some great um like people are watching the she believes cup they're watching the euros it's a world cup year it's super exciting there's a there's a space for it so let's talk about the euros last year and the quality summit how was how was that experience bringing all those all those people together, um, and having having a massive gathering and talking about? Oh, uh, yeah, honestly, incredible. We we held the first one of those at the French World Cup, and um, it was kind of just like let's get as many women who are and men who are trying to 
kind of push this place, push this space forward in a room together. And it was really low budget, but really deep kind of conversations and connections. And we had so many people who were like, oh, I follow you on Twitter. I'm meeting you in real life. This is super cool. Um, and then we wanted to replicate that at the Euros. So we held um, a kind of two day summit this time. It was amazing. Just having loads of people bringing their ideas into the room, um, different ways of thinking about soccer, different, um, although we're going to call it football because obviously it's it was in England. <laughs> but, you know, having that perspective from people and again, that networking, strengthening strengthening connections and getting giving people ideas of what they can do to help in their communities back when they go back home so yeah that was really awesome and then I got to attend the uh finals of the Euros which was amazing um pretty crazy because I gave birth two days later wow it was a quite I was trying not to like be too excited during the game (laughs) wasn't trying to get wasn't trying to lose those seats (laughs) yeah exactly exactly um so what was your name your baby Euro I should have, people were saying I should have named it like Alicia Rousseau or something, you know, um, <laughs> but it's kind of tough for a boy. So, you know, maybe Rousseau. Euro. Euro. Euro, <laughs> Euro Lioness, something, I don't know. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, what were some of the takeaways that, that people brought back as to what, you know, what are some of the things that, and we can, we can even try to implement those here and locally with, with where we are, uh, both Dwight and I coach, coach women's soccer and, and girls soccer and, um outside of one small role that i have on boy soccer i i i have coached girl soccer for i think as long as i can you're remember still involved this. in the, you're still involved in the men's game huh yeah it's, it's, again it was <laughs> i was pushed into that but but anyway so uh so what are some of the things that that we can do even at the youth level that 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 go a long way or what are some of the takeaways from, from yeah that? for sure i think one of the biggest things is looking at well community and why girls play and often there's it's um kind of female empowerment as well so it's not just about the performance and the sport which is important but it's also about that community and like how you interact with your um peers because one of the biggest things that um I think it was Cara Nortman who's the kind of in charge of their angel city she was saying that there are more women in the c-suite who have played sport so there's this really compelling reason why as a kid and as a young young adult you should continue to play sport because it's really going to help you get ahead in in life and business in your career um and all the skills that you're learning on the on the soccer pitch of like teamwork communication how to lose how to win that kind of thing all of those are really like so relevant to then what you're doing in the future whatever that you choose to do that's huge um what about from a from a coaching standpoint, right? I think both Dwayne and I are one of the things that we we try to do as much as we possibly can is try to encourage um, young coaches and encourage players to become coaches or referees or, and find a way to give back to the game. So that way, because we all know, even even at the most, unless you're Christine Sinclair who continues to play and defy all odds as far as uh, <laughs> the idea of physicality needed. Um, the reality is, is that soccer careers by your mid thirties, you're usually pretty much done from a professional standpoint and, you know, what else can you do? And I feel like we've seen it in, in England, um, you know, with the, with the women's professional league there, and we've seen it with Canada uh, team and we've seen it with multiple national teams across the, across the world with female coaches. And so was that, was that a, topic of conversation within the within the summit about the idea of of developing younger coaches 
A hundred percent. So I think what we're seeing now, like you said, is these, there are actually these opportunities to a professional pathway to be a coach or to be a referee or to just be part of the game in a way like video analysts, technical directors, things like that. And not just for the women's game, but on the men's side as well. Uh, I think one of the really exciting things that was talked about a lot in the summer was um, all the new leagues and clubs that are starting up in the US. So um, the semi-pro, you got like USL bringing out loads of new leagues and teams. So there's this real excitement and and kind of, if, if I was at the start of my career, you'd be looking at that going, oh, wow, I, like I could work in soccer. In, and like, there's so many varieties of roles. Um, but specifically on coaching, I think we heard from some really awesome coaches. There's one that um, Romina, she runs a project in London and in Mexico called Girls United. And that's really about empowering young girls to, to stay in football, stay in soccer and just really kind of get those life skills alongside the the coaching because I mean there are now the professional pathways to play and you can play at a really high level but for most people it's going to be about what else are you getting from the from the experience and and do do you love turning up every time and 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 coaches are so influential and so important on someone's both like physical performance like hey you can do this but also mental well-being and how they show up and how they play the game and and all of that so it's honestly I think coaches are so important then in that really crucial kind of development stage um let's talk about the world's largest 5v5 game ever (laughs) that was very warm (laughs) <laughs> that was that was a very sweaty game <laughs> can you can you walk us through the idea and then the the day of i watched the video um this morning and it and it looked really really cool uh so 667 is that what it was 667 players oh no we i think we got a good like 870 something 870 like okay i forget yeah, yeah. It's, um, um, there were there were a lot of goals as well, so that was yeah. I thought the, the score was like four hundred to three hundred and something like that. Yeah, yeah. Trying to keep track of the score is pretty hectic. Um, but really, what we wanted to do with this game was show the breadth and depth of women's sport. So I think our youngest player was four, and the oldest player was like sixty eight, and then we had seventy odd nationalities came to play, men and women just like all ages, all nationalities. It was a super cool melting pot. And we had so many families come and play as well, which was fantastic. So just playing for that like endurance of like, okay, how many people can we get to come and be part of something and be part of this movement? So was it, it was it just about the amount of people that, that came in and out or was it just about also about the length of time? Because didn't you run it for like four days straight? Yeah. So with hindsight, probably could have gone a bit shorter. Um, but <laughs> there are all these kind of crazy criteria. Like you have to have like touch the ball once each person, you have to play for a minimum of 10 minutes. So you're trying to balance all these things. And in the end, it proved to be this like crazy marathon where we we're playing for four days. And on the last night, there was lightning and a big storm, but it missed us. So we were able to keep going. It was like an amazing adventure. I mean, I guess the biggest question is how do you how do you come up with all these ideas? Because then we haven't even gotten to the other two world records. Like, you want to talk about those, and then we'll get. Oh uh, yeah, well, it became a bit of a side hobby, right? Because I, I mean, the reason we do world records is to like 
bring the media attention to some of these questions and then be able to shine a spotlight and get other people to tell the story. So um, we played the lowest altitude game after playing the highest altitude game, played the lowest altitude game at the Dead Sea in Jordan. And then it was amazing because you got um, hijabi athletes, athletes like in places where it's not traditional for girls to play and going out there and just representing, say like, look, hey, I'm playing. It's, it's just normal. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, and then we were able to do things like the the most nationalities in a football game. So again, showing that breadth across the world. And then the one that was an individual one, one of our teammates um, took penalties for 24 hours, which is a crazy, crazy thing. And she scored something like, or took 7,700 penalties. What? Yeah. Hardcore. That's like all I have to say on that. How many goalkeepers went through that? So many. I think she had to change goalkeepers every like 15 to like 30 minutes because the goalkeepers just like couldn't cope. And then she's <laughs> just continually like putting. Go for the double in. world record, right? Like most amount of PKs taken and also at the same time, the most amount of PKs say or, or had to like be in the goal for. Yeah. yeah, 100%. And you got a ref that has to blow every time. Beep. Okay, you can take. Oh, it you gotta get that electronic whistle and some extra batteries. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely use the electronic whistle, right? Like some that's extra a, that's a, yeah. some batteries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get so uh, I mean, it's amazing. And, and you asked how we come up with it. Well, I don't know that some of these just pop into my head, and I don't know where that secret source comes from. But it, it's you know when you get an idea and you can't let go of it, and you're like, okay, what? Wouldn't it be crazy if? And then you got to convince a bunch of other friends. Um, and luckily, I have some friends who are especially Erin and Maggie who set up the equal playing field with me who are just that right level of crazy who you're like hey do you want to come and play soccer at the top of a mountain and they're like sure yeah no worries and you're like okay we'll figure out the details afterwards but that's cool. <laughs> but the idea is set that's awesome um you also have a background in physics yeah um yeah. I, I would say that it would surprise us that our guests have like these like different like not out there but like different background uh but 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 realistically it's not i feel like it's kind of the norm for the people that we that we bring on we want to bring in soccer people that are neuroscientists and physicists and (laughs) so um so your background in physics kind of brought you to ida sports right or or to the creation of ida sports i think i mean i although i studied physics i call myself a jill of all trades I've, i've done pretty much every job so if anyone is out there that like has switched careers many times definitely talk to me it's fine you can do it um but I think all of it was really preparing me to be an entrepreneur and so now I'm in these situations where I I've probably seen a, a similar situation before like I work for government I work for private companies I worked in different countries so you you kind of then start to see um okay there's some similarities here and then I mean for me it's been really helpful I'm I'm not a biomechanist by any stretch of the imagination, but I can understand what the science papers are talking about. And I can think, oh, okay, right. This is where the the insight comes around the differences between men and women and and how do we solve for that and and do things. So I kind of joke with my team that I know enough about a little bit about everything to be like a bit dangerous. And then we need to find an expert in like design or an expert in coding or things like that. But kind of knowing a little bit about everything and and understanding understanding how the world works that has definitely come from the the kind of studying physics which has been yeah a really good foundation for everything that i've done so ida sports um female 
cleats or cleats for female players. Yeah. Um, boots. 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 You can say cleats. No cleats, worries. Boots. <laughs> um, sometimes I catch myself calling them shoes. I don't know why. Yeah. Also, you gotta be thing. careful calling them boots though, because I, I did have a kid show up in actual boots before. So bring your boots and he showed up in some Timberlands. <laughs> okay. Well <laughs> that's where we that's where we are in the world. Um so what what uh what kind of got you to start Ida Sports and what makes the cleats uh different to a certain extent? Yeah. So I for me it was uh, it kind of intertwined with the mountain and the world records because I I was up there and we we had players from US women's national team, Canadian national team, these high profile players. And I'd always had to wear kids' boots to work, play. And I'm kind of like normal adult female. And I was like, this is dumb. Why am I wearing kids' boots? Like I have normal size feet. And then chatting to these players, they're all wearing men's and kids as well. And I was like, that come on, this has got to change. This is this is this is ridiculous. These are professional players. Why are the women's boots? I'm really, again, like going back and looking at the science of like, okay, men and women are actually quite different. Women are not just small men. We don't just, like the industry term is shrink it and pink it. Like, let's just, you know, shrink the men's boot and stick pink on and that'll be fine for women. And for me, that wasn't a good enough answer. So I actually said about like cooking the first shoe in my kitchen and then we like graduated to the 3D printing and, and developing like, the products um, to basically make them fit a woman's foot um, and make them comfier. So um, there's often a lot of pain associated with wearing the wrong stuff. But as women, we just kind of put up with it and you're like, oh, that's like soccer cleats. Are meant to be fine. Yeah. yeah. Like that's just it. And actually the first time I put on the women's cleats, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is what the experience is supposed to be like. And I'd went from like complaining every game about my shoes to then being like, okay, no, this is brilliant. I've forgotten that I'm wearing my shoes and you're just focused on the game. So as a result, then, yeah, wanted to bring that experience to more people. Um, so built the business and we've grown and we're now stocked in Dick's Sporting Goods, which is awesome. So it's been, yeah, a really cool journey. So let's unpack that for a second. So you you made the first prototype in your kitchen? Yeah, like I am. Um, you ever seen the movie it, Holes? The, with, you, with with uh, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. Where his dad was making shoes in the kitchen. Oh, okay. That's what it made me think of. There you go. <laughs> well, have you ever read like, like Shoe Dog with Phil Knight? And he gets the waffle iron as the starter. Like honestly, it, it felt a bit like that. Just creating like cooking the shoes and like creating these outsoles and understanding what it means to be a football uh, soccer cleat. And um, once we'd done that, it was, yeah, okay, cool. We can make something and then, and develop it further. So three things that stood out to me and I watched, and I watched your videos of you explaining the the cleats. So the heel is smaller. Yeah. So in general, women tend to have narrower heels all the way up. Just how we're built. And the front of the the front of the cleat is wider. Yeah. So where our kind of widest point on our foot is as women, it's in a different place to men. So what that means is often it feels like we got squishy little little toes. Um, and a lot of people complain about that, but it, they just accept it. It's like, oh, that's just what it is. And then the stud placement is different and the arch is higher, right? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things that we look at is um the fact that women's body mass is different, how we 
pressure load is different. So women's hips are further apart. So what does that mean? Well, we have to change the stud configuration. And the more I looked at it from kind of the science standpoint, the more you're going, wow, I'm really like, I got to wear something that's made for me. And why can I walk into a sports store and find running shoes and not walk into a sports store and find, you know, soccer cleats for women? Why is why hasn't why hasn't this been made? And I think the that coinciding with the growth of the game has been incredible. And then what goes into the idea of of how do you um try to develop new um uh what are, what's the word I'm looking for? New models, right? Like new is that yeah. what yeah. Yeah. New, style, new styles? New styles? I forgot yeah. I like think of the word. Boots. Yeah. So we do this crazy thing. Uh, we ask women what they want and we listen to them. It's it's revolutionary and <laughs> it's setting the world on fire. And um, yeah, to be honest, it's been what we've been doing is kind of we ask women, OK, what color shoe do you want? And they were like black on black. We're like, great, we'll make that. And then um, now we're able to add more finesse. So we're looking at like, OK, what do goalkeepers want and what do strikers want? And what why why are you making this purchase? And what sort of like because I don't know about you guys, but you got your Copa Mundial customer who's like, yeah, the old school still like the best-selling boot in the world still in 2023 is the Copa Mundial and then you got your Tiempo customer who's a bit flashier wants something a bit more lightweight so try to kind of appeal to those customers who um and 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 giving choice in that like football boot franchise experience um is is our goal I want the Louis Vuitton. I want the I want the Louis Vuitton colorway. No, I I personally personally I like I personally I like the old school laces that are like very thick. The Copa laces. And then I I need the I need I need the I need everything to be like right down the middle. You look I, like the coach that I wear Copas. Yeah, like I'm not very flashy. Yeah, short, you wear shorts when it's cold. Yeah, I do wear like shorts you, when I'm cold. You are yeah, the like cold, typical yeah. Copa coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. there you go. I've only owned one pair. They they're not for me. Either that or just uh, like some sambas, nah, like man. some sambas. I gotta have you know, flashy, flashy Adidas is the way you gotta go. Hot pink. They, yeah, I mean the flashes I've ever gone was like I had a white pair of like the Nike nineties uh, or whatever it was. The uh, nineties. Like, yeah, the ones that the heel was a different color. Yeah. It's oh yeah. As, it's as far as I went, and that's the only Nike pair of cleats I've ever owned. And like after that. I, that was it but i also don't wear regular cleats i don't wear regular studs i wear turf cleats um I wear regular studs because yeah. you're you're a coach that's protecting their knees you see yes i'm also he's a coach that I'm, I'm also a coach with an ankle surgery that like because he's i also coaches on a scooter yeah i was in a scooter for a little while because i tore a tendon walking up the stairs so oh my goodness yeah so um um <laughs> one thing that i really really found um, and I actually filled this out uh, today uh, on your on, on the on the Ida Sports website. Um, there's an ACL club. Yeah. Can you talk about that and and how um, how you're 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 lightening the day, right? You're you're making the a darker situation a little bit lighter. Yeah, because I mean, getting an ACL sucks, and we a lot of our teammates um who work for us have have experienced this and and just that moment when you're like damn I'm gonna be out of playing for a while and I want to um I want to show some love to my teammates so we we created this ACL club um because whilst you can never 
prevent it. And there's there's a lot of research and sports science going on at the moment looking into this issue because it is affecting the women's game. We want to be there for people when um, when it happens. So you can fill out this. Um, I'm recommended set to send and we'll send a pair of socks to a friend that's that's going through this so that they can at least feel a little bit lighter on their, their training journey back to, to full knee health. I filled it out. There you go. I'm currently dealing with two players that uh that have torn ACLs one a couple months ago and one as of like three weeks ago. Uh, so yeah, I have a former player that just tore his about a month ago. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, and well, hopefully we can brighten their day with. Uh... I I think so, and I and I think what's really what's really what's really cool is that the website also offers um different resources within that. Right when you go into the ACL club page, there's different resources. One of which is one of our favorites. It's the FIFA 11 Plus. Yeah, 11 Plus. Got to go through it. Hey, get those muscles. Yeah. So, so I I mean, I feel like players don't believe me when I tell them. But maybe if Laura says it, they'll believe them because she's also a physicist. And you honestly, know. all that I've learned from because like this is not my specialist area, but I am learning like I've learned so much from chatting to so many podiatrists and surgeons and physios. Like you you gotta do your like do your 11 plus, get that, get that strength in, strength and conditioning. Like when the coach says do it, because <laughs> it's gonna stand you in that good muscle, stead for like yeah. future knees. Um Pay attention to the surfaces that you're playing on and what you're wearing. Like, educate yourself as a player. So don't just rely on everyone else to do the work for you. Like, really start getting into it. If you're serious about this, then, like, learn about stuff. And we've got an amazing sports scientist who's done, like, a super awesome, like, nerd explanation of all the different surfaces that you can play on. So as a player, get that knowledge because it's yeah. it's really cool. Get the knowledge about nutrition. There's so much research at the moment on menstrual cycles as well for girls. So kind of research that. There's loads of really cool people um, talking about this. Um, and we try and share a lot of resources on our Instagram as well because it's there's so many of these different factors, but you can do lots of different things to reduce your own personal risk um, and just, yeah, it, have a more enjoyable game and play for longer so that you can do that Christine Sinclair, like decades long career. It's, <laughs> yeah. That's the goal, right? Stay healthy. Kids just need to get outside and play more. And play more. Yeah. I mean, yesterday the stat was that she has scored at least one goal in three or four decades or something like that and like one yeah like one goal a year for the last 23 years like at least one goal a year over the last 23 years it's like when you look that's at it you're like that's un- that's, that's unreal yeah i'm uh, scared for another world cup i feel like yeah yeah, like, yeah. I remember world cup uh the last one abby wambach played in and i was like oh man christine sinclair probably hanging up the next one i think it's been like two or three yeah, four. yeah, she's, yeah she's got it's like yeah I'm, I'm still going i'm yeah. still going yeah I'm um, off the bench now, but I'm still going. No, she started yesterday. She started, yesterday? She started played about 65, 70 minutes. Uh, and yeah. you can't underestimate the like the, the mental impact a player like that has on a team. Like yeah, she absolutely. comes on and she's like, No, we got this. We've been here. I've seen this before. Let's go. And I think what's yeah. what's really cool about her, and we we have a connection that like three people that like we can get to her hopefully at some point in our in our lives. Um but what's really cool when you watch her, at least from again from from watching her on TV, is like she looks locked in. I know she's always a hundred percent of the time. Like, like that she looks a hundred percent locked in all the time. And I'm sure you know it, she probably struggles with the same thing as everybody other every other professional player struggles with. But 
but she looks locked in. And I think, you know, Laura, as you said, right, like that's what you, who you want if you're 18, 19 years old with your, you know, first step stepping in. It's it's that, right? I mean, if I see her pressing to the ball, I'm standing there. I'm like, oh, I need to go press too because I can't let her outwork me. Yeah. Right? What's what's next for Equal Playing Field and for Ida Sports? Like, what what's uh, what's 2023 look like for for you? Well, it, World Cup year. How exciting! Um, I think for for Ida, I'll, we're talking to some World Cup players. So, kind of not to World Cup in five years is our is our dream, and and kind of keep pushing those. We got some new models coming for autumn winter 23 so again being able to just grow and and serve our our community and our population is fantastic and um the equal playing field oh oh, there's always a record that we want to do and it's like Mm -hmm. at some point i want to go and break our original records so we we feel a lot of inquiries from groups all around the world who are just um either it's like someone who's on their own who's like hey i'm a referee somewhere really random and I'm the only female and we're like hey we can put you in touch with someone else who's shared that experience so just keep building our network of um incredible allies who support the journey of women into into soccer in order to then um kind of just make it a bit more equal make it so that the girls that you're coaching don't have to kind of have that same struggle they can just get on and do other things you know get on and play Um, if there's a, any way we can help from a podcasting standpoint, let us know. We're always down. Like we can do the world's longest podcast about soccer. Yeah, we can. That would be amazing. We can. We're gonna try and mm, yeah, I, play a long game. So maybe you can come and podcast for the whole game. There you go. That would be cool. I'm, not, I'm gonna go play. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I can say I gotta I, get out there and play. I will. I will sit on the bottom of the mountain and podcast. You got to play at least 10 minutes. I can play a little bit. I'm, I don't know if the, the climb in the mountain is that one's the one that, that I was taught. I'm going to yeah. need like two or three years in advance to know that. Like, so that way I can, no, we just got to go. You need there. the training. Yeah. I need the training. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't want to be the first podcaster that dies on a mountain. Don't die. <laughs> just keep climbing. <laughs> but presumably by coaching, you've already got the mental resilience. So. Yeah, yeah, I there think so. Just the physicality part is the one that's like kind of. Just don't don't be the last one up the mountain. That's fair, I guess. It's like is that your the, motivation, like the idea of the running away from the bear. You don't have to yeah, be the exactly. you don't have to be faster than the bear. Just Maybe like, by that point, Christine Sinclair's like hung up her boots and she can just train you, get you like. Oh, there you like, go. Oh yeah, there you go. That would say you be a you could say you be a world superstar, world women superstar up a mountain, Olympic champion, up a mountain. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Okay. I mean that. Sure. Let's go for that. Let's go for the goal. Right. I think uh, about it. We got time. We got time. Yeah, we got time. Perfect. All right. Well, at least we know we know another world record's coming. Yes, definitely. Um, you can't you can't stop us. I think it's become it's it's amazing uh, when you you see the experience and also like. If you're able, when people get the the medal for like having got the world record, it's such an incredible feeling that I just want to share that with more people. Yeah, that's there awesome. Or you can uh, just sit at the podcast booth and drink a Guinness while they break the Guinness Book of World Records. There you go. That could also be, <laughs> we could also arrange Because you do that. like Guinness. Yeah, Guinness on Guinness. That's there that you works. Go. Um, Love it. Uh, Laura, it's absolutely been fantastic to have you on. Um, really, really looking forward to to seeing what, what comes next for, for you and, and uh, equal playing field and Ida sports um, at the same time. Thank you for all the work you've done um, and, uh, and all the people you've inspired. Um, again, from, from our standpoint, it's, that's something that we, we constantly try to, 
encourage our players to to, to hear about more people um, like you. And, and we're going to definitely share this with them. So that way they can, they can hear your story. Oh, thank you guys. Yes. Hear from someone that's not us. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's, I mean, the work that you do as coaches is fantastic and just inspiring that next generation is incredible. So there are so many pathways out there now. It's like for your players, the world, like there's so much opportunity. Just got to go and grab it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Today we have Sly Yates. She is the director of coaching at Metasport FC. She's also the girls varsity head coach at RSL Academy High School and is also the boys freshman sophomore head coach as well. Correct. That's a that's quite the that's quite the title. It's a load. <laughs> I <laughs> carry a heavy load. She's almost like soccer Dan. She is almost like soccer Dan. Um Sly, you uh you did a session yesterday. Uh-huh. Um unfortunately we couldn't attend, but uh Luis did, which is how we connected you connected with us. Uh and I'm actually really interested to see how here I want to hear how it went about connecting club coaches with high school coaches to talk about the athlete that's in between. Right. How it's, did it go? Uh I thought it went pretty well. I think um looking back, what I would have liked to do is kind of get more feedback from the crowd. Um, answer any questions, have more of a collaboration. But overall, I mean, we gave the information based on what we experience and hopefully people could take that to, you know, wherever they're at. By the way, I think you're the first guest from Utah that we've had oh. on our podcast. So I'm I'm excited because we we have an internal like mental map of the yeah. US uh-huh. uh, and we try to cross as many states off as we can. I think we're the first Utah guest. It's that easy had. when it's easy when the West Coast guests come to us and they're on East Coast time <laughs> rather than <laughs> That's true. we've had some time mix up where they're like nine o'clock podcast and it's nine o'clock their time is 12 o'clock our time. So right. yeah, um, um, I have a question. So does Utah when we're talking about high school soccer, uh-huh. Utah, when do you when do the boys and the girls play high school soccer? So the girls play in the fall season mm-hmm. and then the boys play in the spring season. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, interesting. So that's interesting. So that's flip flop yeah. from what we do. So mm-hmm. in Delaware, the girls play in the spring and the boys play in the fall. Okay. So and we're the only one that does that really in our like, area, in our area, because in our area, boys, both boys and girls play in the fall. I think the one of the other panelists had the same thing. He was flip-flopped also. And I think that was in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. So how many, like, I mean, roughly how many schools are in the, like, conference in, in your area from, in the, in Utah? Oh, I have no idea. No idea. But I, I just know there's, you know, different classifications. So, okay. so yeah, they're same probably as everywhere big, else. Yeah, bigger than us, but we only have two. So what are some of the findings that you've had about, uh, you know, for your, for your session about this idea of connecting coaches to talk to each other because we do have you know especially with with girls academy ecnl mls next and then all the other levels of youth youth soccer especially you know mls next acnl and girls academy as being the 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 top tier youth soccer you end up finding that players are playing 12 months out of the year sometimes 13 months out of the year feels like and then they're also trying to play high school soccer in the middle of it. So what what is that? What is that communication like? And what you know? What were some of the things they talked about in each session? Yeah, it's crazy. So that's kind of what we brought up too. There are some states where you can do both. You could do high school and uh, club at the same time. Most states, I say, you can only do one or the other. And so during high school season, they don't do club. No. And then the tricky thing is during club season with the school that I'm at, we go year round also. Um, it's part of our class course. 
uh, kind of like a PE class. Okay. Uh, but with us, we try to be careful. We know these kids are under a lot of demands. And so we try to take it easy on their bodies as much as possible. If we know that they have an event, we don't have them train. We have them sit out of training. Um, same thing with game days. If they have injuries, you know, we try to get them back. We make sure that they come in with, you know, their their doctor's notes or physical therapy program, just so we know that we can help them through any injury that they have. So that's important for us to yeah, take care of these athletes. That's huge. And what's the communication like between club and high school? Uh, just depends on the club and the coaches. Um, at our high school, our AD, her name is Becky Hogan. She did a really good job of bringing in soccer people to to be the coaches there. And so we're pretty well respected. And so we have a good relationship with a lot of the a lot of the clubs around and a lot of the coaches. So for me personally, um, I do communicate as much as I can with with some of the coaches. So even I coach ODP also, and I had one okay. of the coaches reach out and say, hey, we know that there's championships next weekend. I'm not going to have this player train, you know, just so she could be 100% for championships. So it's cool that, you know, we can go back and forth and have that relationship. Well, I feel like it's a tough, I feel like it's probably tough to manage for a high school age student athlete to try to manage that themselves. We know that this this new generation struggles with the idea of communication to begin with. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so, so to put them in an environment where they ultimately want to try to, they want to try to do as much as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. They probably want to try to make sure that they don't disappoint anybody. For sure. Right. Yeah. It, whether, whether it's their parents or their coaches in general or their school or their club. So the fact that you're, you're, you're actively trying to, to go above and beyond to communicate in behalf of that, that student athlete. I think that's huge because I feel like, if we just waited for the student athletes to do it and we didn't give them the tools necessary or the why or explain those things or, or try to help them out, then it's be very, very difficult. Because if, if not, again, it's easy to just kind of turn a blind eye and just say, hey, it's all right. you're here, you're playing kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's easy for coaches to kind of get a little bit selfish and just want their program to to be the number one. And, you know, like I said, we know these kids do a lot. And so we try our best to help manage their bodies teach them you know because not even it's not even the physical side it's you know maybe eating better or the mental side of it to, to help them perform better and stay healthy it's easy for your club to, or your program to be number one when you have the kids three months out of the year right but it's what are they doing outside of those three months what what are the experiences and I'm, I'm a big advocate for what are the experiences kids are getting because i i firmly believe that High school and club soccer will give you different experience. At club, you're playing against higher level players. You're you're competing, and at high school, you may go to you may be the only travel player at your high school. Right. You're gonna have the only experience. You're gonna be a leader there. You're gonna you're gonna be looked upon, and you might not be looked upon on your club team, and vice versa. You may be on the best team in the state, and you may be going out and competing on a national schedule, and winning championships. Things you may not do at the club level. So, I like how you do blend those things together. Yeah, and I think managing frustrations because kids that play at that level and they come and they have they're not surrounded by the same talent. Right. Um as a coach, you have to kind of bridge that gap a little bit between the talent levels and even positions. Sometimes they're playing different positions than they do club and high school. How do you manage coaching club and coaching high school and how you approach those two things? Oh boy, I have a Google calendar that I live off. <laughs> <laughs> It, it gets difficult. Um, the tricky thing is, you know, there's a lot of things that I can't control, which would be club schedules. It comes out when it comes out. We're only allowed 
uh, two reschedules. Oof. Um, wow. <laughs> so, so it's a lot of management and that's where, you know, on the club side too, there's a lot of help. We, we all have a lot on our plate and we help each other out and we cover for each other when we, when needed. So, you know, but it gets tricky. Yeah. Do you kind of blend like the training, like the training schedule, the training re- regiment from what you would do on a club side into the high school? Because like, I'm assuming in high school, you're training five or six days a week. Yeah, in high school, basically, we're going five days a week, two games. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, recovery that I have to incorporate into their program. Maybe we'll have a lighter day. Maybe we'll have a heavier load. Um, are you asking if like just the, like that's training like, the same? Yeah, or and then like what about like the fitness? Like, how do you how do, what's your approach to like fitness well, um, <laughs> being on the club side? Because obviously, we know that there's some high school coaches that aren't club coaches, and their approach to fitness is. You know, you got to run two miles in 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Um, you're running sprints after practice, even though you played a game the night night before. Like, what's your approach to? I go a little heavier on the fitness in the, during the preseason for high school. Um, I also do like speed and agility. So that's another thing that was on my plate. Um, I worked uh, in physical therapy for 15 years. So I'm pretty conscious of uh, how to take care of their bodies, how to, to make sure that they're doing things correct. Um, but I made this rule with my high school team that, uh, use fitness as your weapon. So that was a big thing for us. And it carried us all the way through to championships. We won our championship this year. Awesome. Congratulations. I'm assuming since you're a physical therapist, your team probably owns a set of like, uh, foam rollers, huh? Uh, we have foam rollers. Sometimes we use soccer balls, lacrosse balls. So yeah, they, they got the tools. I feel like that's a that's a that's become a, a very big thing. The rollers, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a good recovery tool, and if you can inv- if you have the you know the funds to be able to invest in that, I think it's a good recovery tool. Especially if not, when you can always find a lacrosse ball anytime you're walking around a field. Just 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 set up the lacrosse practice before your practice, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like I find I find lacrosse balls all over the place. I just put it in my pocket in my in my backpack just because I feel like I have one in my backpack right here. There you go. <laughs> see, because I feel like at any point someone says they're tight. There's a guy. I got crip, the la- crip, crip. lacrosse lacrosse ball lacrosse ball there. All right, I want to shift gears and I want to talk about um, I want to talk about Metasport FC. Okay, tell me about the club. Um, actually, this is my first year with this club. I just re- recently switched. Um, it's a new club. Uh, one of my best friends, his name, his name is Jordan Hoffman. Uh, he goes by Junior. He'd been with them for five or six years. Uh, we worked together back, you know, just before that. I kind of mentored him a little bit, and now he's, you know, big time. Um, it was just a chance to work with him again. Uh, Britton Thomas is the one that uh, founded the club. Um, he, he has a great vision. And so I wanted to be on board with that. You know, the, the thought behind that is multi-sport athletes and where everyone specializes so early, you know, the, the thought behind Metasport was during the off season, they're going to do other, other sports. We're going to train them in other sports to get them a little bit more well-rounded and help kind of reduce some of that injury. I, I agree. Um, I'm a full advocate for multi-sports because there's so many things that you can learn in other sports just from like an agility movement standpoint mm-hmm. that translates back to soccer and that translates to other sports as well that I think, I mean, you could teach a kid how to slide all day, shuffle your feet, shuffle your feet, shuffle your feet. You put them in a basketball drill and they might 
pick it up just like that and they just it just clicks yeah and in the off season are you talking about summer or are you talking about winter uh what is your off season for you it's, is it's off season mostly, soccer specific or is it yeah oh it, i feel like it's weather specific wouldn't it be Depending? it's mostly during it's the winter months ah, it's see? always yeah. snowing in utah yeah it's always snowing <laughs> this this year has been the worst um the tricky thing is you know we are seeing things too where we're trying to get some top level teams and it's hard if we don't do more soccer then we tend to fall behind or parents have the impression that we're falling behind right. and the parents are the tricky thing to, yeah. to deal with you guys um, training at altitude like yeah at like altitude and now yeah a little bit of a altitude bit. i should know exactly where we're at but I don't pay attention. <laughs> I was just, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just thinking now, like, you know, you're in the mountain, you're in that mountain range. So I was wondering if that had any, like, if you guys do specific training with altitude and. Not necessarily. Yeah. Wasn't that one of those things that where if you grew up in it, if you kind of constantly live in it, then your body just naturally adjusts to it? I don't know. I've never lived at altitude. Yeah. I've only, I've only visited Colorado a few times and I was told to uh, make sure I was aware of my surroundings and what liquids were I put in my body. Uh, because certain liquids affect you differently in higher altitudes. Uh, 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 soldiers drink a lot of water. Delaware doesn't have any mountains, so I don't know. No, we did, there is no mountains. In Neither did Texas. I was in Texas for a little bit, so that was trippy. Not yeah. having that mount, mountains around. Um, Everything flat. Um, so the multi-sport aspect of it is it because that's that's something that I wanted to talk about because it's something that when I was looking through their website that I that I, that stood out. We talked about it before before you came on today. Doing that, we're talking about this. So multi sport, um, is it basketball, volleyball? What what other sports are you? What other or is it snowboarding? Is it is it specific <laughs> training or is it just pickup play? Is it what what is it, what do you mean by multi sport? Um, they they did a lot more of it before I came in this year. They would bring somebody. There could be handball, okay. they, you know, just kind of any other sport. There there was basketball. There was um, something I just kind of learned over the summer, something called kabaddi. Have you ever heard of kabaddi? No, what is that? I only saw them do it once. We did a camp uh, over in Wyoming, and they played this game called kabaddi. And I need to, like, learn more about it, but it was pretty What crazy. is it? Um, so they saw it once. <laughs> did I, what did you see? Uh, I think there was, there was like a lot of, you, you had to tackle people. It was, it was pretty, you know, oh, evasive. Okay. So you work on a little bit of agility, right? I think it's called K-A-B-A-D-D-I. Oh, okay. All right. We're you looking it up? Yeah. I'm, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, we're going to look this up later. We're going to start a Kabaddi club. We're yeah. going to start a first Kabaddi, Kabaddi club. <laughs> in Delaware. But yeah, they had somebody that taught them that, that came in and they, they always talked about that. So. Kabaddi FC. Kabaddi <laughs> FC. There you go. Um, we'll bring you in as a guest coach for the Kabaddi <laughs> session. Okay. I'll, I'll get trained in that a little bit better. <laughs> you guys um, want to scrimmage? <laughs> um. I also want to talk about the the summer retreat that I saw is coming back in 2023. Right. Can you tell me about that? Because uh, I, I read I read the reasoning why, and I thought the concepts were really really cool. Uh huh. Um, we are still in the works with that. I think you know we're going away. The, the whole concept is to like get our coaches together and uh, build a a better connection. Um, I'm sure I'm going to be involved in kind of some of the activities. Uh, what I do with my teams personally is I'll do like, I'll always do a summer camp with a retreat involved. And when the kids like from year to year, that's the one thing that they always talk about is what happened at camp last year, what happened at the retreat. 
Um, in fact, I had a, a, an 09 retreat and we played a little disc golf and I took a straight stray disc to my head and ended up getting staples. Oh, so. wow. <laughs> And that's how the kids so, felt about their coach. So that's, that's yeah, the, that's, that's what they gave them. We're just bleeding on the on the grass right there. But I gave up my own nineteen, man. I would gotta be yeah, ducking yeah. out there. So. Um, what is what is the what is the idea, uh, or what is team building or the the social aspect of the game mean to you, and how does that prepare you for your season? You know, I did I didn't know that I was like the only one that did this or so good at this until you know it was years back. Uh, there was another convention that people. They asked me to present on building team chemistry and they're like, yo, you're so good at it. I think I just thought everyone did it, <laughs> but it turns out, you know, it's, it's part of what I love is just building team chemistry. I always had this, uh, I guess, kind of mantra that the team with the strongest bond is a team that's hardest to beat. And so I've always tried to keep that key team chemistry and, and a lot of times, too, is I think they'll perform for you better on the field if they kind of get to know you a little bit off the field. Yeah. Because we can be so driven and everything's just like, oh, we have to go. We have to get, you know, we have to progress. And so if I can take them off the field and see who I am a little bit, I think it surprises kids a little bit to see that, you know, I'm laughing, I'm playing with them. And and I think they need to see us coaches in different environments. So yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes a long way. It builds that relationship. And when your team's in a tough position, you know, it's, you know, you guys rely on each other, you trust each other. Some of those exercises start to come in and you battle, go to war. Yeah. And I have, I don't know, my brain just works different, I guess. I, I can turn anything into something soccer related, whether it's building Legos or you know a dot to dot challenge. So. Uh, that's about, that was Sebastian's job. I don't I don't do right. team building is not really my no, team building scene. is my thing. Yeah, that's 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 been my thing about it because it's I think for me it's also about the again the the idea of the why right like right. why are we here and why is everybody individually here because every kid's there for a different reason. Some of them want to play on the national team. Some of them just want somewhere to hang out with. Right. Right. Some of them just want to be active. Some of them just want to, some of them, their mom and dad or whoever forced them to be there. Right. I think my goal is to always show them that, you know what, there's always somewhere you can go play. Yeah. There's something beyond high school. And if they want it, you know, that's their choice. But my job and my goal is to prepare them for what's next. So. Well, so it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thanks. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, and not only in your high school season, but with with Meta Sport, uh, we're gonna definitely look at this Kabaddi. Uh, we're <laughs> Make gonna... sure you defend that championship next year. Yeah. Uh, we we just jumped from three A to six A, so it's gonna be tougher. But so what's the so for our Delaware listeners who only have Division One and Division Two, what's the what's the three A classification? What's the student size? Uh, ours is not based on student size, really. Uh, our talent level is just crazy where we're at, especially on the boy side. The girl side, I have to do a lot more work, uh, so bridging the, that gap. So but, the classification is based on the talent? Uh, for, for our school, we had okay. a petition to, to be in a higher classification because all of the three A schools hate us. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when they win that six A championship, you know, it was real. Yeah. yeah I'm not it. saying it was an easy pathway. I mean, our championship game was the first day it snowed goes to double overtime goes to penalty shootout oh, so wow. i had kids with hypothermia wow. so it was <laughs> building character that's right that's right yeah, I, I tell you what I, I prepared them with uh adversity so 
I think we were a little bit more prepared. So there you go. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Thanks. Thanks so this much was so coming. fun. Thanks thank so you. much. All right. Uh, we're back. Uh, Dwayne, player of the match. Um, I have, unfortunately, a, a somewhat sad uh, player of the match that I, you know, it's one of those things that you probably never want to want to talk about or, or say, but I want to make sure that we, we pay our respects. Uh, my player of the match is um, Eddie Mokium um, from River Soccer Club. Uh, he graduated a couple years ago from Indian River High School was part of the state cup or state uh, title winning winning team um, and unfortunately passed away this week. Uh, so it's so a big shout out to to his family, you know, our condolences with the, with the family. Um, River Soccer Club is, if you're listening to this today or this weekend, uh, they're holding a um, uh, a pickup game in celebration of Eddie on Monday, February 20th at 10 a.m. at River Soccer Club. Awesome. So uh, yeah, my player, my player of the matches goes out to Eddie. My player of the match is going to go out to uh, Gavi. Gavi was balling out yesterday, and then you got hurt, didn't you? No, Pedri got hurt. Pedri got hurt. Pedri got hurt. Gavi was balling out. Gavi was going in. But Gavi got to suspended for the next. Unfortunately, game. he will. There will not be a part two to this Barcelona United game for Gavi, but um, not balled out yesterday, man. And it's disappointing that he'll be suspended with Pedri, depending on how hurt he is being out. And Because they'll play next week. Yeah, and Busquets also being out, so that kind of shortens that midfield. Sergio Roberto, you know, the guy that plays everywhere on that team, he drives the bus. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's going to be starting, so it'll be interesting to see. What, I mean, if you didn't watch that Barcelona-Man United game, go back. I bet you the highlights are the highlights are good. Probably the best set of highlights that I've seen in a while. So great game there. Yeah. Also want to give a player to match to Eddie Pinto. Great, great tournament down in ocean city last weekend. Um, well-organized, um, and just, you know, super fun. Um, great tournament second year going, um, play against some good competition, but Hey, anywhere there's a futsal tournament, it's good experience for the kids. Nice. Nice. Um, all right. On this day in soccer history, uh, February seventeenth, twenty eighteen, um, and this one, this one's interesting because it's it's coming off of what happened with, uh, and I forgot to mention this last week. Um, I do want to send a shout out to to the uh, players from the Turkish Super League. Um, a lot of players have been seen, uh, including listen. All right, so on this day in soccer history, February 27th, 2018, this comes out, in, and I wanted to mention this last week, and I didn't, but um, I wanted to send a big shout-out to the players of the Turkish Super League um, in the in the aftermath of the, of the massive earthquake that hit um, Turkey and Syria. Um, a lot of the players um, from the Turkish Super League have gone out and, and you know, um, given out supplies and things to to the the rescuers of families that have been affected by this one who i don't and we forgot to mention this last week um recently retired from from soccer um and but was still out there was still out there helping out mizut ozil mizut he retired from from playing soccer it's a shame man he didn't go out the right way he didn't i wish he would have if he would have made it to the mls he would have been 
been a baller. Uh, he would have killed the MLS. He would have been. He would have been He'd great. Be holding the tro- trophy. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so this is this on the same soccer history relates to the fact that the the earthquake. So in 2018, um, uh, Liverpool. Uh, so there was a game in the Welsh League. Uh, so in Wales, uh, between Port Talbot and Talf, um, they had to stop playing because there was a there was an earthquake, a 4.4 magnitude earthquake that um that's was you know going through in the first half of the game did they finish the game they did interesting because you know if you score a goal you say well the earthquake moved the goal yeah no it did a couple feet to the right or left no it did well it's not like it's not like that what i what i sent you and and kyle about the that guy that was digging the trench to make his goal once that one goal one goal lower Crassus. Yeah, that was <laughs> Crassus Field. Crassus go. Field. Yeah. Gotta shoot the ball uphill. Yeah. Um, all right. Fair play of the week. Um, my fair play of the week, I have two. Um, one, both of them relate to yesterday's uh USA versus Canada game in the She Believes Cup. Um one to Alex Morgan, 200 caps with the with the women's national team. Cap. Um, so so she's in the 200 club. Um, and two, I think I do think that the the solidarity that the U.S. women's national team showed the Canadian women's national team in their fight for for equal um, equal pay, um, and just been given resources for the national team to that is an extremely successful program that won the Olympic gold medal in the last Olympics um, to to have the resources they need to be able to function like any other national team, men or women, right? Um, I think that's that's critical, um, and I and I appreciate the gesture that the U.S. women's national team did, and hopefully uh, it's reflected as well with Japan and Brazil. And I think Brazil is another country, and Marta spoke out about this before, but it's another country that that is continuing or trying to push that envelope forward for for. At the end of the day, it's about winning trophies, and if one of your teams is better than the other, looking at Canada, whose men underperformed at the last World Cup, you should invest equal money because, hey, it's all about the trophies at the end of the day. Yeah. So if the women need a weight room or they need to get paid a little bit more to equal it out, and they're, they're out here going to semifinals and, and quarterfinals and semifinals and championships, then it shouldn't be a problem with that, right? The men, I mean, the men, for the first time in a while, qualified for the World Cup but underperformed. Your women have been very consistent. I mean, we're using Canada canada as an example but this is obviously this is a common theme that's going across the entire world right but you know some of these programs where you know the men's program isn't as good the women's programs underfunded doesn't make any sense especially if the women's programs outperforming and if your men's program is out winning world cups when i i don't know that a nation's ever been the men and women's World Cup holder at the same time. You have to do some research, but I mean, probably not because Brazil has never won the women's World Cup. That would be very impressive um, to do. Is to say, hey, listen. I mean, you never know. Twenty twenty three could be the year that Argentina, from a women's perspective, breaks out and and does it. I don't. I don't know if it will happen, but but that would be. But again, that'd be pretty impressive for Argentina yeah. to say, hey, we're the best in soccer, men's and women's. Just, and so, I'm just telling you, just. Like you almost want to hope that it doesn't happen because I don't think you could live. I don't think you'd be able to live me down. Like, first of all, Argentina women are not being the USA women. You never know, man. You don't have to beat the USA. 
Who you got to beat? You got to beat somebody else. You never know, right? In the World Cup, you don't have to beat everybody. You got just got to beat everybody you got to play against. Well, they got to play against the USA. No, they don't. Not necessarily. See Not necessarily. See you in the final. Not necessarily. Yeah, I don't know how the world the draw is. I don't know where I haven't looked I don't at the know full what the draw. draw is either, but I'd say this: see you in the final. I'm just saying, like it what might not even be. It might not even be that, right? Like it might be. It might be the U.S. maybe gets knocked out by somebody else. I hope it doesn't happen, but, you know. See you in the round of 16, semifinals, quarterfinals, I'm just, final. I'm just saying, place, never game, know. All I'm, all I'm saying is I'm, I'm putting it out there on February 17th, like four months before the World Cup starts. If Argentina wins the Women's World Cup, I don't know that, like, I might, I might legitimately get get. I, that might be the moment I tattoo the Argentinian flag on my body. I'm gonna tell you this: There's a song called by Lil Durk called "This Ain't What You Want." Argentinian women, this ain't what you want. <laughs> um. All right. And if they do play, whoever's the DJ, play that song. <laughs> but I mean, it's in New Zealand and Australia, so I don't know that it'll. I got Spotify. I'll play it for you. It'll hit the same way. Maybe. I mean, uh, if I'm on the field and, they, and I played the same what you want and I see another team showing up, I'm getting hyped. <laughs> um, My favorite player of the week yeah. goes out to uh, Godsport and all the users, specifically Alex Colt, because I know you got this Pen Fusion showcase this weekend. You're trying to work on a FC Europa turf schedule. Yeah. You got the Pen Fusion Boys showcase. So, Sideline Solutions, I know you're going through it right now because you're kind of kind of stuck. <laughs> Um, so you're gonna have to do a scramble to get stuff done, and so everybody else that's affected by the God Support shutdown, um, you know, they said their servers were gonna be up ASAP, and ASAP's been 24 hours. So hopefully this never happens again. I don't know what happened. Angry parent didn't like the tournament results and <laughs> hacked the server. Hacked the server? Oh man! That, I don't know. Oof! Someone that, didn't like. Hopefully someone. not, because that would be tough. I mean, angry parent. That would be really rough. Team lost 2-1. Angry Parent goes and changes the, the score to get their team number one in the country or something. <laughs> Were there any notable tournaments in the past Or number week? one in the state? Hey. Dwayne, what are you, what, what are you doing? I'm about to go celebrate. <laughs> I don't know if they give out trophies for that anymore. Probably stay not. Cup, stay no. Cup? no. No, you got to sign up for that. <laughs> nobody else signs up. I'm a state it's champion now. Pay to play. <laughs> Nobody else. I mean, how do you think I got those trophies that are sitting right there? Uh, not that one, but yeah, there's yeah, there's a, there's a stake up trophy in there. Bronze indoor league. No, no, this bottom is, bracket. But there's a, there is a stake up trophy in there. Uh, there's a stake up trophy there. Um, I also do want to send a um, I want to send a special shout out. Um, and I'll say it a little softer that way she doesn't hear me. That's just uh, consolation. And she and she hears it uh, on the podcast. I do want to send a big shout out to my wife um who passed her doctor defense um honestly without there's a lot that goes into creating this podcast but her support is is huge um because we record this every friday and we've recorded this for the last 138 weeks um and not every on not always on friday but anyways but we record this once a week and um her support goes a long way and throughout the entire the entirety of our podcast so far she's been in in her doctor program so i want to send a big shout out to her for for accomplishing that thanks for keeping the kids quiet <laughs> that's what he's basically saying no, no, for 138 no. weeks keeping those kids quiet no i mean the kids have been in school for a lot of it so but when they haven't been you know then you know, big shout out to her and her support so uh she also listens every once in a while so yeah 
So maybe, you know, maybe she'll catch this some at some point. You should catch this in June. Hey, <laughs> 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 thanks for the shout out. What shout out? Um, I right. shouted out my girlfriend. Yeah, you did you? Nah. Oh, well. She a doctor too, though. She is. We're both uh, not the highest educated in our house. We're not. By paper. Only on paper. <laughs> By paper. On clearly, paper. clearly not. I, <laughs> By paper. I didn't sign up for another piece of paper. Um, I will say, but um, yeah. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at the Soccer Podcast. I don't know where you were going with it. I just felt like I needed to stop you. All about all about the money. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just gonna stop you. Uh, at the Soccer Podcast, the Soccer Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.